and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast, the Kansas City Royals Podcast in association with Inside the Royals. I am Jake Melham, and joining me tonight, I do have Lucas Murphy on with me, just as promised. Lucas, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. We uh, we went and had as a family some Hawaiian shaved ice. If you have not had Hawaiian shaved ice, you're missing out. Uh, but that, and then obviously what we're going to be talking about, I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you doing? Man, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I, you know, I've been writing all afternoon into the evening. It started out writing about the Ro- uh, Chiefs. I ain't going to lie to you, but now all eyes are on the Kansas City Royals, which if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you have heard by now um, the Royals relieved long time well, official, I would say general manager, but he just got promoted last year. Longtime official Dayton Moore. He was relieved of his duties as president of baseball operations this afternoon in an official you know, press conference, a little statement, a little speaking engagement from Mr. Sherman himself. Lucas, when you saw that notice go out that Sherman was going to have a press engagement this afternoon, what do you think? Initially, I really thought like immediate reaction was great. We're going to hear about a downtown stadium. And for me, I don't really care about a downtown stadium because I want to see a winning product before that ever happens. Yep. And after, you know, we kind of had our side conversations and seeing what you guys were talking about with uh, Mr. Perkins and, and um, Kevin and everything. um, It kind of started to, you know, I, it felt like they were definitely going to probably get rid of somebody. Um, and I, I, we talked like we talked in the last last episode, you know, I honestly feel like this was something that needed to happen. So um, I wouldn't say that I was like overly surprised, but I think it was pretty interesting how they kind of in a way hyped it up a little bit, too. Yeah. Yeah, that they did. And I'll be honest with you. I was right there with you. I thought it was going to be any other move. But, um, you know, I was thinking maybe maybe is this Matheny firing. Maybe is this a Bobby Wood Jr. extension, something like that. But no, the Royals came out. They I frankly, I think they stunned a lot of fans by actually moving on from Dayton Moore and then also announcing the promotion of Mr. J.J. Piccolo to his former um, what's it called title. I guess you will say so um, before we get too far into it, here are some thoughts from Mr. Sherman himself. Not only am I tired of uh, tired of losing, I'm I'm actually tired of uh, picking high in the draft. And and that's you know, that's a consequence. I mean, I'm glad we have Bobby Witt. I'm glad we have MJ Melendez and and Nick Prado and these other folks. But, um, you know, those teams I just described and you don't have to you don't have to have one of the top five picks to to build your team and improve your team. Um, In fact, uh, so I'm I'm, kind of joking about but but we want to win baseball games. And if we're picking lower in the draft, that's fine with me. But it also challenges you, I think, when you're winning more consistently to make sure you're filling the back end of the pipeline so you can stay competitive. All right. So Lucas, Mr. Sherman, during his time, he talked about, you know, this is a results based business. Um, You know, it's, it's a game, but it ain't all fun and games out there. So when you're looking at Dayton Moore's resume, he's got the two pennants on there. He's got the world series championship and the trophy. He really did lead the Royals to heights that they hadn't seen in decades. But why do you feel like this was the right move and the right time to make this move? I think because 
for me, I think Sherman on, honestly came in and was like, Hey, I like where we're going. I like every, all, everything that's progressing. Um, and he kind of even spoke about it, it in his press conference, talking about how 2020, obviously you couldn't really control the factors. There was like 60 games. Um, and so he's like, from a standpoint there, you, you couldn't really do a whole lot. He said he felt like there was some progressions in 2021, but for as far as regressions had have gone in 2022, as far as record wise, I think what they're seeing from a farm system standpoint, uh, he even talked about like signing Michael A. Taylor, Carlos Santana, um, who else he mentioned somebody else. Um, but being able to sign those guys and then just really kind of having a collapse, I think, you know, we see it from a fan's perspective. This guy is the one that's forking out the money. And he's not obviously the only one, but he's the main head of it. Um, and I'm sure that there's a lot of disappointment. Like he even mentioned, you know, you you come and you want to actually get to the postseason. And, I mean, we're nowhere close. And the organization is gone way backwards. Um, I mean, the pitching is, is just noticeably horrible. Um, and so I think, you know, he's obviously disappointed and this Dayton Moore is one, the one that was running this ship. And I think, you know, it probably, I, I think too, the way they kind of handled it, Dayton probably said, Hey, I can get this thing going. I just want to do it my way. You know, Sherman's like, Hey, I'm a new owner. I'm going to try to do the business stuff. And he even talked about that. Um, but now that Dayton didn't, wasn't successful, um, you know, you got to make a change. And that's what they talked about. Yeah. And Mr. Sherman, he ran up and down a whole gambit of lists. Like he looked like a very, very in tune owner during this afternoon's press conference. He talked about the lacking development. He talked more about, hey, the team needs to put some more emphasis on analytics, um, talking about the results based side of the job of being a team's general manager. And then most importantly he did kind of leave it as an open-ended question talking about how hey there's a lot more changes that can come as a result of jj piccolo's decisions um one of the reporters there directly asked you know what does this mean for Matheny?" and sherman kind of took a step back and said that that's up to jj so this you know jj he's been in the been in the organization for a long time Obviously, Sherman and the ownership group do have a lot of trust in him and are giving him a pretty long leash, which is good to hear because there are some concerns that, okay, JJ has really been Dayton's guy for Mm -hmm. years now. It seems like it's just going to be more of the same, right? It's going to be more of the, you know, short sighted, really old school baseball view on on the game, right? I, I don't think so. I don't think the Royals would make this change if they thought that. Piccolo is just going to be another date more version two. So it is very exciting. Um, thankfully it's a pretty seamless, I would say transition. Um, JJ talked about that the whole process started like Tuesday afternoon and they really kept it under wraps. Like there wasn't, you know, there wasn't any leaks, all the folks close to the, um, to the team, really didn't have any idea. And I was, I was very excited to see this move. And Lucas, I'll have a little bit more of a conspiracy theory about the whole leaks thing later on, but 
like how are you feeling right now as a fan like is this a good thing bad thing is a bittersweet how are you feeling i mean it's to me it's you gotta be forever grateful for what dayton moore did for the kansas city royals um i mean he did he for years as a kid at least for me uh the the times that we've lost 100 games and we're the laughing stock of baseball and always in the bottom. And one thing he even talked about, like he's getting tired of drafting at the top of the, of the draft. And it's like, you know, how many times did we have to select in the top five every single year? So for him to turn it around and to get us a world series and something that I never thought I would experience. I think every fan in Kansas city has to be forever grateful for that. I think, you know, something he also talked about that I started to understand the more I've gotten older is who Dade Moore was as a person and how he really kind of uh, was a player's general manager. Um, he's a very personable person. He communicates well. Um, but during the pandemic, the Kansas City Royals were, I think, one, if not the only, that paid all of their minor leaguers during that time. And that's, I mean, that's just mm-hmm. a rough Dade Moore is. So, um, I, you know, there's a lot that you have to be grateful for. But when it comes to, being a true fan of the base of the organization and what the reason why we watch the game to see them regress the way they have to see the minor leaguers not produce to see some of the signings to the, some of the trades are questionable and it's stuff we've always kind of culminated and talked about up to this point. I think that's where it became overdue. Um, I think his kind of loyalty to some guys and not making moves when they should have been. I'm wondering, honestly, if, you know, some of the question marks around trading wit too late, um, Whit Merrifield, I, I'm talking about, Yeah. Uh, you know, signing Hunter Dozier to a long-term extension, not saying that he didn't deserve it off of that season, but, you know, that's maybe make him play another turn another year. Um, I think some of those moves are, are very questionable. And then obviously the draft picks have just not panned out. Like it's something I talked about in our side chat too. It's like, if they really truly spent money this year, everyone, in my opinion, that's in the starting rotation, aside from if Grinky comes back, the only person in my opinion that should even be in this rotation is Brady Singer. And that speaks to where this pitching staff is at. Like there's a reason why we're not seeing other guys come up because they're probably not ready to be up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that in, in the whole, the whole thing is just really probably why Dayton Moore is on his way out. Um, yeah, I'm, you're, you're right. I'm hoping JJ's different. I think he probably, you know, there's things that he very he probably learned from from Dayton Moore that he'll carry on, and then there's probably obviously things that he wishes he could do differently, and now he gets that opportunity. So, I'm not overly upset about JJ taking over, but I would keep him on a short leash too because, as an owner, man, you you want to get this thing going the right direction, and um, I mean you're seeing that kind of come to fruition with the Orioles, who've been kind of in the same you know position as the Royals. Excuse me, and there's just that to me is like, I think that's where as, as an owner, you would kind of start getting tired of it because you're seeing teams that are now moving forward and we're going backwards. So definitely think it was time for Dayton to, uh, to go on. Yeah, that, that it does. And I, I will say this. So the athletic put out a, a pretty good short piece on uh, Dayton Moore being relieved of his duties, which I thought was cool that the Rustin Dodd was one of the folks in the byline right there, seeing him come back to Royals baseball a little bit. 
But one quote at the very, very end of the story that caught me off guard was um, Dayton Moore saying, quote, I am a coach by nature. One of the things I got criticized for was staying with players too long. But coaches stay with players. That's what they do. That's how they're wired. So I know Dayton has said in the past that he's going to be more transactional, but it doesn't sound like he has he has the heart for it. You yeah. know, where wherever he goes on to next, if he goes on to somewhere next, which I imagine he will, I wish him the best of luck. But I am hoping to see a bit more of a transactional culture. Maybe we'll see some of these uh, some of these names that have been hanging around the Royals for too long finally let go. But before I go too too negative right here, Salvador Perez and Nicky Lopez, man, they gave some pregame interviews about how Dayton Moore was impacting their life, and. I, I ain't gonna lie, they, they just broke my heart. It's, it's hard, you know. And I never expected that, you know, I never thought that they're just gonna leave the organization, you know. Uh, hopefully, you know, he, he teach, not hopefully, he teach people the right way in here. So now we're gonna, you know, play for him and try to win another, you know, uh, great year like we do in 14 and 15 to the city. And I know that it's going to be part of that. So, you know, I think the young guys learn. They, they, they learn doing a lot right now. So I think we're going to be good in the future. Everything he said he was going to do, everything he's, you know, strives to do, uh, he was a great person, obviously, and um, he still is, obviously. But he just, everything he wanted to do, he, he achieved, and he was just, a, um, you know, a great leader. I think the best thing is, is that, you know, people kind of look at us as baseball players, but there's more outside of baseball than, um, you know, there's a, there's a life outside of baseball, and he actually truly cared about, you know, the person, um, person first, and then and then player second. So look, Lucas, you're, you're right. I know, I know our good friend, Jared Perkins, he certainly has a lot to say about the human side of the game. Um, Nikki talking about, you know, how Dayton Moore is a great leader and there's a life outside of baseball and that he really didn't care about the, or he cared about the person and the ball player, not just the, not just the ball player. So look, it's, after the news broke, it was kind of bittersweet. I think like we all knew this needed to happen, but man, Dayton Moore did a lot for this franchise. He did a lot of things, right? He did a lot of things wrong. And frankly, he's just done a lot more wrong things lately. So it was his time out with the old in with the somewhat new, I guess. I don't even know what to freaking call it, but Lucas, like what is, what is one big sweeping change that you would want to see like is it is it going to be more analytics is it going to be a more aggressive trade approach maybe um trying to bring in more outside players what what do you think i mean for me it's it's simply getting spending spending the right money and i'm not saying you have to go out and splurge and spend hundreds of millions of dollars but going out and getting more than what you have been getting for your dollar and, and pairing them with the youth. That's what I I've been saying the entire time. You have to be willing to spend money specifically in pitching in order to, to have a successful squad. Um, I think that there's 
some, you know, we haven't seen a true outside of Michael A. Taylor, like the Royals really, in my opinion, haven't splurged on an outfielder. They ended up trading Andrew Benatendi because they didn't want to pay him. Like that would have been one of those guys, but they chose to trade him because they didn't want to pay him. Um, like there, those are the types of moves that I think Dayton didn't make. That is why he's also going out the door. And so for me, number one, if I'm JJ, I'm finding out who would be interested in coming to the Kansas city Royals as a starting pitcher. And I would go and see, and, and see if Mr. Sherman's going to be willing to spend some money, because if you want to compete, you got to have starting pitching. And that's where I would start literally day one, like tomorrow, if he can find out what free agent <laughs> there and, and start talking. Yeah. And I definitely, you know, emphasis to our listeners here, this isn't the end of, you know, the moves that the Royals are going to make this off season. Sherman and Piccolo both put a big emphasis on that. You know, Sherman's talking about, we might see some more stuff, some more moves made before the end of the season. And there's what, like two weeks left of games. <laughs> like we, there might be a lot more moves made. Maybe Matheny is still on his way out. You have to remember the Royals did exercise his option for 2023, but granted that was in late March. That was under Dayton Moore. So this is a whole, I wouldn't say a whole new regime, but it is a new leader. And that's something you have to take into account. So I definitely, I'm glad that we're not going to be a part of this great general manager search. I will say that like JJ Piccolo is kind of a known entity. The good things that he has done are very well known. I don't know how he is as a person. I don't know what the type of culture is that he's going to try and introduce um shoot we, we we all knew what Dayton Moore was trying to do as far as a culture and some of the uh I I don't I don't even want to say unsavory very uh very by the book things that Dayton Moore wanted to enforce in his clubhouse but Lucas in you know in a few short words how are you feeling about JJ himself um honestly the word if I had to pick one word I would say unknown yeah. And the reason I'm saying that is just because we as people looking from the outside in, do do we really know what moves were JJ's at all as yep. the G title? Or was a lot of that still date more as his president role? So for me, um, I would use the word unknown just because I don't know how his approach is. I know he's a lot more analytical. I know back back when Dayton was uh, still considered the general manager there for a while that the Phillies were looking to come get JJ swoop him up. Mm -hmm. So people are interested in JJ. So I would be interested to see his success. Um, I do want to hit on one thing real quick. I do think Matheny sticks around yeah, uh, because I think I, I, I don't know. Again, we talked about this before, but I just don't know how much you can blame a head coach because I think he does do a good job for uh, the younger players. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't think that he is in control of what players he's provided to go out there. Um, so I do think Matheny sticks around, but Sherman might just be tired of the whole thing and just completely clean slate. Um, I mean, he really might. So, uh, but I, if, if I had to choose or pick, I, I would say Matheny sticks around. Yeah, I, I very much agree with that. We'll definitely keep a, a finger on that Mike Matheny in Kansas city pulse, but um, yeah, as, as bittersweet as moving on from Dayton Moore is, 
there's a lot of exciting things going on for these Royals. I I feel like it it is a lot of excitement. It's a lot of like, hey, you know, there's the unknown. While it can be scary, it can also be very promising. So, you know, we, you know, what you know I was wondering, Jacob, real quick though, is like, how's JJ gonna approach like Raul or Alberto Mondesi? Like, was that always a date more thing to like continuously try to just fix him and like stick him out there? Like, is JJ gonna be like, hey man? we're kind of done with this like that. Those are the types of things that I'm going to be interested to see now that JJ's in charge, like the constant Ryan O'Hearn being out there, like any other team I feel that's not the pirates would have gotten rid of Ryan O'Hearn like two years ago. And so those are the moves like intrigued to see, like based on analytics, there's nothing that states that Ryan O'Hearn should be out there. So (laughs) Is is that a JJ thing? Like, hey, we're finally gonna just go ahead and and I, I think his contract's up anyway, so they're probably not gonna resign him. But yeah, um, you know that type those types of continuous moves are are what I'm very intrigued about. Well, so I think um, we we've, we've talked about it several times. Ryan O'Hearn looks like a quad A guy. Like he yeah. looks like he looks like he's gonna dominate in Omaha, but he's not gonna do a whole lot in Kansas City. And what more said about being a coach. So maybe that's why O'Hearn has stuck around as long as he did, because more was just looking at Ryan O'Hearn in the eye in his film, film reviews, things like that, saying, look, this guy has got potential. We just need to figure it out. Um, now, I don't think Ryan O'Hearn has a crazy amount of potential. Don't don't get me wrong, but I'm not in the room. I'm just a guy sitting here on a podcast. So I'll I'll take that lump there. But what I will say about Mondesi in particular, JJ actually did talk about him specifically um, last month, I believe it was, in an interview with the Kansas City Star. So he is um, here. Let me I'm just going to be your dang quote, man. So talking about, hey, we got Bobby Wood Jr. We have Nicky Lopez. We have Michael Massey now. But, quote, Mondesi is a shortstop. So we'll approach next spring training the same way we did this year. We've just got to make sure he's healthy. So there is a little bit more of a of an open endedness to that. Um, I don't think like, you know, Mondesi's days as a franchise cornerstone are are over. Um, I really think that they were over a couple of years ago. Injuries are too much. Inconsistencies too much. We haven't really seen a whole lot from Alberto Modesty lately. So I don't know. Maybe JJ gives Modesty a, another year. Maybe he tries to flip him. Maybe he is trying to be more transactional. I don't know. We That's one thing. We're just going to have to wait and see. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, I just go back to and reflect on like some of the things like what have we, would we have traded with Merrifield a lot sooner if JJ was in, in the seat? Like that's something too, like, you know, could we have gotten a lot more for him? And yeah, I maybe. mean, there's any others like, you know, like moves that you think about off the top of your head that are like, could that have been different? And uh, like would have Lorenzo Cain been traded and, and Eric Hosmer been traded and Mike Moustakis the season after versus keeping a hold of them when mm-hmm. everyone big, the big picture of baseball was like, yeah, this should have been done, but 
Dayton stuck with them and then kind of took the lower end of it. So yeah, there's a lot, but obviously we're turning the page, turning the chapter, I guess, closing the book on Dayton and we're going to the, to the JJ Pacola book. Yeah. And that's, that's all we can do. We can put the Dayton Moore book up on the shelf. We'll take it down. We'll read it every now and then when it's convenient for us. But right now we have the JJ Piccolo book open in front of us. We're going to be reading every sentence like it is our last breath. So Lucas, it's a very, very exciting time for the Kansas city Royals. Look, the Royals ain't doing anything to close out 2022. So I will definitely take this good news. Lucas, do you have any last thoughts before we get out of here? If you see me waving in this podcast, Jacob, I just want you to know I'm not crazy. I'm fighting yeah. a fly, and it keeps going back and forth. So uh, I'm not waving at you through the whole thing. Just letting you know. Well, I, I do appreciate that. I was getting a little concerned for your uh, mental fortitude there. So I am, I'm glad that you're not just waving at me when I'm staring right at you. I was a little concerned, not going to lie. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at battle with this thing. It's <laughs> I, I hit like Aaron Judge hit his 60th home run, and it just keeps coming back. So <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, hey, look, you, you can enjoy that uh, Kansas City, what is it? What are we working on now? Fourth, third summer, something like that? Yep. But hey, tomorrow's fall. I'm looking forward to it, man. So, but I'm going to go throw on the Royals game for a little bit. I heard MJ Melendez hit a leadoff home run, so I'm excited to nice. go check that out. But Lucas, I really do appreciate you joining me on, on short notice. This is just big news, man. Very exciting. And I can't wait to talk about the future more with you. All right. 100%. All right. Thanks, man, for coming on. And thank you all, most importantly, for listening. And until next time, go Royals.